You're listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel bosses just like you who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by launching digital products online. I'm your host, Eden Freed. Let's learn to launch. Welcome back, Rebels. Do you have a tiny email list? Do you barely have anyone on your list besides, I don't know, maybe your mom or your mom's best friends? (laughs) No worries, because today we are chatting with marketing expert Teresa Heathwaring all about getting your first 100 subscribers and having them actually be real legitimate subscribers, not your mom or your mom's friends or your best friends, real targeted potential customers. Now, if this is your first run with Teresa, you are in for a treat. She is an award-winning international speaker, TEDx speaker, trainer, podcaster, author, and business owner. Teresa works with businesses, entrepreneurs, and marketers to help them enhance their digital marketing and social media efforts. And today, we have the privilege of picking her brain all about list building. Before we get started, quick reminder that if you want to learn how to launch your digital product in the next 90 days, I've got a free roadmap. It's going to teach you exactly how to do that in a 90-day time frame or 12-week time frame. Head to edenfree.com forward slash RBL to grab your free copy. Again, edenfree.com forward slash RBL. All right, let's get started. Teresa, welcome. So happy you're here with us. Thank you for having me. It's my absolute pleasure to be here. So tell us a little bit about who you are, um, what you do, and how you got into this line of work. So, okay, so I'm Teresa Heathwaring, and I am a speaker and a trainer, and I am an online business owner. So I have an academy, I have a coaching program, I have some courses that I sell, but I started off many, many, many years ago in marketing. That's what I did. I did a degree in it. I then spent 10 years in marketing, but being employed. And I really liked being employed. I call myself the accidental entrepreneur because it was never something that was ever in my head. Like I'm seriously risk averse. But about seven years ago, I found myself and my life in a different situation. So I had recently separated from my husband. I found myself as a single parent with my daughter who was about four at the time. And I although I enjoyed my job and I really liked it, I realized that, you know, there was a few things that weren't making me overly happy. And I was head of marketing for an agency. And I thought to myself, do you know what? This is really important that I stay happy because I'd gone through this separation and it was hard. And so I thought, I think I'm going to leave. So I decided to hand in my notice and I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll give them eight weeks notice because I'm working on a big project. That'll help them, but it'll help me find some work because obviously as a single parent paying for a mortgage and a car and a child and childcare, I need to earn money. So I put my notes in and I went to the other agencies around thinking they're going to want me, right? Completely arrogantly signing it. I'm not arrogant, but I, I'm, you know, I'm good at marketing. I've done it for a long time, forgetting that my salary was quite a good salary for where mm-hmm. I live. And I'm in Shropshire, which is in the kind of center, almost not kind of center um, of England. And it's fairly rural-ish. It's a town. It's not a city. So there weren't that many businesses to go at. And like I said, they might have wanted me, but they couldn't meet my salary expectation. So it got about three weeks into my eight weeks. And I thought, what am I going to do? And I and I was looking at how much I'd bought in work-wise for this agency. And I thought, what if I could do that myself? What if I could bring in that money and I could have that myself? So 
I started thinking about the idea of starting my own business and my boss realized I was thinking this and asked me to leave, meaning I only had another week worth of like, wow. rather than having two months salary, I only had one month's salary and I had no savings. I had no rich parents. I have parents, they're not rich. I had no partner to help support me and I had to pay for the mortgage, the car, the bills, everything. And so from day one, I had to earn £1,500 just to cover my bills. And I just went out there and worked my backside off and did it and created an agency and became a consultant. And then after about two-ish years of doing that, I started to realise that, well, I was getting picked up more and more as a speaker and more as a kind of a thought leader. And I started to realise that as much as I love my clients, I actually would really love to not have any. <laughs> like I would really love it if I could just not have any clients and just teach small businesses because the small business space is, oh God, it's so confusing. There's so much going on. There's so much to think about. And as a small business myself, when you started, it's like, I don't know what on earth I'm doing. And I knew the marketing bit. I just knew nothing else. And you need that support and that help and and I knew I could give it. So I took a very risky decision a few years ago to basically my very successful agency, which I built on my team that I basically overnight went, I think I'm going to not take on any more clients and I'm going to start getting rid of some. And then we got to the point where basically we have two clients still to this day who I just love, but I don't have to do the work for. So the team do the work. They are brilliant. They've done it for a long time and they're the easiest, loveliest clients in the world. But other than that, the rest is all online business. I love that you went from being happy as an employee to <laughs> to the process of going from that to, okay, you know, I like the client work, but I don't really want clients. And now to, to teaching, it's a, a fascinating leap for sure. How were you, you said you weren't risk averse. How was that emotional process as you were going through all of this? Do you know what was really funny? Like, like I said, if you'd asked me at the time, I would never have done the stuff I've done. And I'm kind of amazed I have. And I almost don't know what happened. Like, you know, it's almost like it happened without me knowing. But, and I'm not that I recommend this by any stretch of the imagination, but the fact that I had to earn money mm -hmm. and I had no one that could help me, no support, no money coming in anywhere else. I had no choice. I think that was my success. I think that was how I managed to be successful or how I managed to keep my business going. And, and what was really funny was so many people in that first few months of me starting my business thought I was absolutely insane. They yeah. were, they, they thought I'd lost my mind. Like I'd just gone through a divorce and now you're just giving up a really well-paid job to try and earn your own money. Like what on earth are you thinking? And people said stupid things to me like, you know, if it doesn't work, you can always get a job. And like, I literally hadn't started. And I was like, at least give me a bit of time. Like, you know, before you break me off. And then lo and behold, seven years later, and I still have a really successful business and it's amazing. And I, and I absolutely adore what I do. Like if I won the lottery tomorrow, I would still do what I do. I love my members. I love my community. And I am honored that I get to do that every day. That's beautiful. And I'm sure some of those people who thought you were crazy are now wondering, how'd she do that? <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, the funny thing is, and actually, I don't know whether you've experienced this, they don't talk to me about it. Like, they literally don't ask me about the business because 
it's almost like I don't know what it is but yeah they just don't they just don't say they're embarrassed to to admit they were wrong <laughs> I've certainly experienced that myself well we are very happy to have you here today and to learn from you um, so you have a lot of expertise in growing an email list and so I want to pick your brain about that today because I think our listeners will really benefit from that before we talk about that specifically, why do you think having an email list is still so important? Because I hear so many people thinking that email is out. It's, you know, it's not working anymore. What's your take on that? I'm literally shaking my head as I'm saying <laughs> these things. So for me, the most important reason for having the email list is because it's something that belongs to you. Now, do not get me wrong. I'm a huge fan and advocate for social media, but you don't own it. So you don't know when they're going to change the algorithm. You don't know, you know, that they don't change something. You don't know that you don't break a term and condition, which has happened to someone I know where they were mid competition on Facebook. They broke a term and condition and they put them in the equivalent of Facebook jail. So they paused their account and all these people are going, what's happening with the competition? They're losing credibility. They're losing people are getting angry and they couldn't do anything about it. So the fact that you have something that you own that is up to you how you manage and deal with it is brilliant. Secondly, I think the fact of people think, oh, well, I'm just going to use Instagram and I'll just go all out on Instagram and it's fine. But it's like the algorithm on all the social media platforms, you hardly, people hardly see your posts. So surely any other way that someone might see your stuff is a really good thing so this isn't an and you know an and or or either this is a you know you want both you want to be doing all the social stuff it's not like once I, I don't advocate once you build your email list then you can ignore social not the case at all it's like if I'm sending it out on a post on Instagram and I'm sending an email out then I'm just giving more people more chance to get eyes on that and for me e email is so personal like the way I particularly write my emails and, and you know, I'm not saying all of them are like this, but I have conversations with my members about stuff and they email me back. Like that's the best thing ever, that it's not like a fleeting post. It's like a conversation that we're having and that we can go deeper in some things on an email. So I can't see any time going forward where email wouldn't still be super important in your business. And I think a lot of people perceive email as being cold and um, very newsletter like, and it's not really like that anymore. I mean, in the you know, if you were to go back ten years, I think the strategy around email was more focused on those bland, cold newsletter formats. But now it is, like you said, a conversation, and you you know, you sit there and you write a, a letter to your friend, basically, and yeah. you know, you get you get to have those personal conversations. So I agree with you. I think that part is definitely. Um, the most powerful and the most rewarding for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So somebody's listening and they're like, all right, I, I know I need email, um, but I'm right at the beginning. I have nothing. I don't, you know, maybe they just have an email service provider, but that's it. They have no subscribers or maybe just a handful who are, you know, their, their parents and maybe yeah, a few friends. Yeah. yeah. So what do we do? How do we get started? So the very first thing you need to do, and I know people are like, this is so boring, just tell us the good bit, but you have to know your customer, okay? That goes for any marketing, but it particularly goes for building an email list because you don't want to build an email list of people that actually don't care about you or your product or what you're talking about. So the way to ensure that you are building the right list is 
to know what your customer's pain point is. So what is the thing or many things, no doubt, that you help your customer with that you could offer in something like a lead magnet? So people need a reason to opt in. No one wakes up one day, unfortunately, and thinks, well, I wonder if this woman I don't know about has a, you know, a web, um, an email list and how would I get on it? I'll go to a website and I'll find that button. And that button is normally hit. Like if you see them on websites, they're either right at the top in the corner or they're right down the bottom in the footer. And it's like really quietly going, would you like to join my email list? And and we don't even make it sound good. Like we might as well just put, do you want to get sales emails every day? And I'll spam you. Not that none of us do that, but we give them no reason to want to join our list. So the very least people could do is if you've got an email system, normally if if you're just starting, my recommendation is to look at MailerLite. I am very averse with pretty much most of the email systems out there because I do so much work in this area and MailerLite for me is a really good one if you're starting. But you can get a form, you can get that put on your site and at the very least where that form is, or where the opt-in for it is, you want to tell them what they're gonna get. Like, come and join my email list where every week I share with you, da, 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 da. So that is like the most basic first step. The next step is create something that they want that's gonna help them. So this is in the form of a lead magnet. And lead magnets are normally some kind of download, checklist, swipe file, PDF, something. But basically it's something that's gonna help me if I am your ideal customer. And you give that away for free, but it's gated. And gated means you've gotta give me your email. So with that, what you need to do to, to get a really good lead magnet to make sure that you're attracting the right people is you need to listen to what their pain points are, listen to what they need help with, and then give them help with that thing. And don't write war and peace, don't do a 15 part video series. Simple, simple, especially if it's a new audience you're trying to attract. So if it's like, you know, how do I do this thing? Give them five simple steps or three simple steps. You know, give them something that they need help with. So make it really good and make it a prerequisite for your kind of product and service. So to give you an example, I have a download, a freebie, a lead magnet called five steps to start on your email list. Okay. Now that is a PDF document. It's quite hefty. I say hefty. It's probably about five pages. It's bigger than I would normally recommend for people, but it gives people five steps of all the things you need to do to build an email list or the, the five steps to starting it. Then that lead magnet leads on to, I'm actually doing a masterclass by the time this comes out, it would have been ages ago, but I'm doing a masterclass soon. So that lead magnet leads lovely onto the masterclass that is basically going deeper into how to build an email list. And then at the end of the masterclass, I'm selling a course called Build My List, where I literally work with them hand in hand over three weeks and we build their email list together using a lead magnet. So can you see that not only am I helping with a problem because I've identified that people don't know where to start. So I'm saying, well, if you want to build an email list, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. But then it's leading on to something else, which is then leading on to something else. So if you've downloaded the five key steps to start building your email list, you're not downloading that if you don't want to build an email list, you know? So that's how you make sure the right people are getting onto your list. So make sure it's something that they're going to want that's relevant to them and relevant to the services and products that you're going to sell. And I just want to emphasize the part that you mentioned about relevant to the services and products that you sell, because um, I think there's a tendency to 
just get people on your list, get the, you know, get the right people, but without, um, without really focusing their effort on selling something. And I think if your goal is to sell something as part of your business, and most of, most of us will have that goal, right? Businesses are there to make money. Um, you have to know that direction. Otherwise people are on, on your list and there's no real yeah. purpose there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, sometimes people get really het up over the size of lists and just getting people on there. Mm -hmm. I would rather have a teeny tiny list of people that loved me than have a ginormous list of someone that of people who didn't even open it. Yep. So I often cleanse my emails when someone unsubscribes. You know, like in the early days when someone unsubscribed, I'd go and look who that person was. And I'm like, why have you unsubscribed? What did I say? How and dare you? <laughs> yeah, I don't even pay attention. And if they're unsubscribing, that is absolutely fine. I welcome it because they're obviously not my customer and they obviously don't want the stuff that I'm promoting. So don't, like you said, it's, this isn't a numbers game. This is a, you want quality people on. And one other thing I just want to say, which has come up so often recently, because obviously I talk about email and list building a lot, is that people often start building a list and they don't email them because they're like, well, there's only 10 people on my list. But the, the thing is, the people who are on your email list don't know there's only 10 people on your list. I say that all the time. Why are you so concerned about that? They have no idea. Treat it like it's a thousand, two thousand. <laughs> and they've signed up for a reason because this is the other thing. People are too scared to email people. And it's like, no, they signed up for a reason. Yep. They can opt out at any point. The thing or the trick that I think, it's not really a trick, but the, the thing that I think people should do is just tell them what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So tell them, hey, thanks so much for signing up and joining me. I'm going to email you every week with these things. If you don't want to receive them anymore, no problem. You can unsubscribe at any point. Because if you say I'm going to email you every week and then suddenly start emailing every day, people are going to have a problem. But if you say I'm going to email every week and I email every week, then... And I actually transitioned. I used to email once a week. Well, I didn't email at all to begin with because I was a fool and didn't take my own good advice. So I built a list to 800 people and didn't email them. What an absolute fool. Anyway, when I started emailing them, I made the commitment every Wednesday, you'll get an email from me. And then I, meant, I went through a bit of a change and I decided I was upping my emails. So now I email Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and I tell them that, and some people at that point, when it's too much, I'm out. And I was like, that's absolutely fine, not a problem, see you later. But most people were absolutely fine, but I told them, hey, listen, I've changed my mind. I wanna start emailing you three times a week now. Wow, you're you're very impressive. I'm in here, sitting here in awe <laughs> that you email three times a week. That's very impressive. <laughs> and do you know what, it takes some work, but I write all three emails together. So. I, I batch everything that I do, like you do with podcasts mm -hmm. and things. So, so I will sit down the week before, maybe two weeks before the emails go out and I will write them all. But again, like, funnily enough, I was having this conversation this morning, I write every single email. It's not something I hand off to someone else because mm -hmm. you wanted to hear from me, you signed up to my list. So I will write them. Now, do I send them to one of my team to proofread? Yeah, of course I do, because I'm a terrible writer. <laughs> but it doesn't mean there's never typos, but I write them. So I think that's super important. So if you start building your list and you use a lead magnet to do it, the minute people start signing up, you need to make a commitment to yourself and you'll thank yourself that you did, that you're going to start emailing them regularly. 
Okay, so we want to get to our first hundred. I, I feel like that first hundred subscribers is the most challenging milestone to reach. And then it starts to get a little easier as you get more used to uh, the, the practice of it. So uh, we have a lead magnet. It, you know, it follows the flow of what our services are. Um, what do we actually do to start getting eyeballs on that offer and getting people on the list? This comes up again all the time that people basically create a lead magnet and I had one of my members do it so they created a lead magnet and they came on one of the coaching calls and said that lead magnet's not working and I said oh what, what made you say that and she said I've only had three opt-ins and I was like oh okay great that's that's not good so tell me where did you post about that lead magnet well I did an insta story and I put it on Facebook and I put it on Twitter and I was like once and she's like yeah I was like, come back and tell me when you've posted it consistently for many, many weeks, and then we'll decide if it's not working. <laughs> and that's the thing. People don't want to keep posting about it. So every time I create a lead magnet, I create three different images, three different texts, all going to the same lead magnet. They might be focusing on something slightly different. I might just word it differently. But basically, I do it so I can talk about it often without feeling like I'm posting the same thing all the time. But again, you know, the fact of your, um, the reach on your posts are not going to be great. So the chances are someone isn't seeing it every time you post. So for me, because I post uh, every single day on every platform, I put a lead magnet out probably twice a week, minimum. Twitter, I put it out way more than that because it's really fast moving. So if you're posting every single day, two of those posts could be about your lead magnet. And like I said, just change up the text, change up the, the picture that you put with it, put it everywhere. So I advertise them sometimes as well. If you've got a warm audience that you can use as in through um, Facebook ads manager, then use that. Otherwise I put it out to a cold audience. Sometimes the opt-in is not as great as it could be, but you know, it's still getting in front of people. I put it on your email signature that you email people with, like that's a really good place because obviously they're not on your list, but you're having a conversation with them. Put it on your homepage of your website. So on my homepage of my website, there are three lead magnets just sat there all the time. I swap them out for different ones depending on what we're doing, but there's always three lead magnets on there. Um, Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn cover images great place to put a lead magnet so change that cover image and in the comment put the link to the lead magnet or if it's on facebook you could even change your call to action button i can't remember what it's called i think it's that but you know the one at the top yep. and have the image almost point to that button saying grab this freebie so don't be scared to put it out there because the other thing is this is helping people that people have a problem that you're about to help them with which they're going to be very grateful for so why would you be afraid to keep saying, hey, there's this thing, hey, there's this thing, you know, and, and some of my lead magnets have gone out again and again and again, I can't even tell you how many times, but I've, I've made sure there's enough content and I've done it in enough different ways, but I still keep putting it out all the time. Also, if you do talks, if you do um, events, if you get interviewed, anything like that, see if you can mention the lead magnet and just keep talking about it and putting it out there. And never apologize. Like you said, it helps people. And I find that people feel guilty and they apologize for sharing it. Why? Why should you apologize when it's something yeah. that's beneficial? Because if you're following me because you want to see the type of content I put out because it's going to help you, 
then great. If you're following me and I'm not for you and you see it five times and you get annoyed and unsubscribed, that's absolutely fine. That's not a problem um, because I'm not for you. But I've got like some of my members who literally bless them, follow everything on everywhere and like everything and whatever. They've never, and I've had conversations with them and said, you know, you must have seen that lead magnet many, many times. And they're like, yeah, but they are your community. They don't care. They're all right. And they've got it already, but it doesn't matter. They're still not bothered that you're still putting it out there. So in terms of a timeline, how long do you think it would take somebody who follows this process to get their first hundred subscribers? So I have an example of me, which I just happened to hit on something amazing. So this is not a, this is what's going to happen necessarily, but this can happen. So I put together a checklist for social media managers. I was a social media manager at the time, but wanted to build this other side. And this checklist was really good because it was like, it was all about proactive social media management. And basically I felt like it was too good to give away because it was like my secret source. But then I thought, if it's too good to give away, you give it away because people will think, wow, if she gives this, what's in her paid stuff? So I put this thing together and I put it up and I advertised it and I spent about 80 pounds over about a week. So not a huge amount of money. And I got 800 people opt in in literally two weeks like it was insane that is really unusual I would yep. say so it's really tricky to say because it depends on how big your audience is it depends on so much stuff but I think if you're pushing it out really often and you have an audience then it shouldn't take long in fact someone who did my build my list course within seven days after completing a lead magnet had 100 people on a list but she had a fairly good audience anyway. Now I'm not talking hundreds of thousands, I'm talking hundreds, but they were waiting for something because they hadn't had anything. And she'd hit on perfectly the problem that they were needed help with. So it can happen really quickly if that's married up. And if you're not sure what that problem is, go and ask them, go and ask your community. I had a great conversation the day with someone that said basically what they do is they go and ask a question in their group or in a Facebook page and they wait for some answers to come in and then they ask something else, they wait for those answers to come in and basically they pick up the bits of the thing that keeps coming up and they create something around that. So that could be a way to make sure you're, you're really hitting on the right lead magnet. I think that's the key is if you have the right lead magnet, that's what will make it happen very fast for you. Yeah, and, and in my experience, the more specific, the better. I have got some really amazing lead magnets that have bombed, like literally bombed, because they're just, like I had one that's like 10 things to do in 10 days to help increase your social media or something like that. And there was really good content in it. And yet it's just not, it just doesn't seem to hit as well as something really specific. Yeah, it's interesting. And I find that people who are starting at the beginning are so scared to be specific. Have you found that to be true? Yeah, I think they think the more people they are open to, the more right. chance they've got a success. But in my experience, it's the opposite. I have worked with membership owners and course creators who have a bigger audience and a, sorry, a bigger membership than I do. And I'm the one who's coaching them to do it. And you start thinking, God, that's embarrassing. What's going on? But they're a niche. And I don't, my niche is my personality and the type of people I attract. And, and I'm really confident and happy with that. But I would certainly have got there quicker and got more if I had niched down to something. And I just didn't. So it makes my message quite hard to 
identify and, and quite hard to kind of have a direct conversation but the more niche you can be with a with a lead magnet the better all right Teresa we could probably talk about this all day but are there any last minute uh, tips for people that you think are important to cover the only thing I would say is if you're starting with your first lead magnet it's going to take time so when people say you can create a lead magnet in 10 minutes they're talking absolute rubbish um <laughs> If you use something like MailerLite, they are pretty good and their instructions are pretty good and it's fairly intuitive. Um, but the first one I would try and make evergreen. I would try and make it so that you can talk about it for some time to come. Because now at the stage I'm at at the business I'm in, I have about, I don't know, eight or nine out at any one point but they take time. So you don't wanna do that whole process the first time for something that is seasonal or it's going to be out of date next week so try and make that first one evergreen and you can just keep posting it and posting it and posting it that's a great that's a great point actually i know a lot of people you know especially like a you know they do something for christmas or you know whatever and yeah that's a, that's a really good point i never thought about that um definitely keep it evergreen well Teresa, this has been amazing you mentioned earlier that you have a freebie. Um, tell us a little bit about that and where we can find it. So that was what I was talking about in terms of the five steps to starting your email list. And I talk about the five things to do in terms of lead magnets system, getting it out there. Um, you can find it at teresaheathwearing.com forward slash start your list. So it's there and you can see how a whole lead magnet process works by going through my very lead magnets. <laughs> Perfect. I will have that link in our show notes. Definitely go grab that. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Hey, Rebel Boss. Do you want to learn how to launch your digital product in the next 90 days? If yes, grab the free roadmap over at edenfree.com forward slash RBL. That's edenfree.com forward slash RBL. Thank you so much for listening. If you love the podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review and to share on social media. Your support really does mean the world. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and remember, keep kicking ass, keep putting in the work, and most importantly, keep showing up. We'll see you next time.